happy Mother's Day. Who knows where Mark is? Let's all stand together. We'll do the Apostles' Creed. Oh, he's coming, and the clapping isn't for my picking up on getting the Apostles' Creed. All right, I'll do the Creed. That's how special I am this morning. Let's all say this together. We believe in God, the Father Almighty, the Creator of heaven and earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who for us and for our salvation was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead, and on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the fellowship of believers, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. Here he is. You may be seated. Good to see you this morning. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. A quick, uh, today is uh, Mission Sunday, and uh, just want to remind you, we have a special uh, missions trip that we are doing, local missions, uh, we've done for the last couple of years with uh, Jimmy Bratcher, where we go to a series of federal prisons, and uh, it's, a, it's really kind of a fun outreach where we go and uh, the band plays, and Jimmy gets to preach and share with these people. And uh, it's a lot of work, a lot of fun, guys hanging out. Anyway, each year we ask for three or four guys who'd like to join us for the uh, trip to help us carry the equipment in and out of these prisons. So if you have a strong back and you can take off for the week. It's going to be the first week of June, June uh, 3rd through the 9th. There's going to be over 4,000 inmates, five different prisons over the week. So if you're thinking, man, I'd like to go do that and go hang with these guys and have fun, I'm going to be joining with them. I just sit in with the band and uh, anyway, go to the uh, guest services counter, if you will, at the various campuses and uh, let them know that you would be interested and they can give you more information about what is required. Anyway, today is Mother's Day. I have a special message for you. Before we begin, let me read from the scriptures. Proverbs 31. A wife of noble character, who can find? She is worth far more than rubies, and her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. Recently, I wrote a book that I thought I'd share today on Mother's Day. It's called Treat Her Like a Truck. So uh, today, today I'm going to share this very enlightening message <laughs> from uh, this book. All these things sound like insults, but they're, they're not. They're nice ways to uh, treat women in our lives. So we're going to go through this, see how, how well I do going through the book. Number one, chapter one, treat her like your old rusty pickup truck. Of course, what's the analogy here? Now, if you got a truck and you want to get the most out of your truck, what do you do? You take care of the truck. You pay attention to the truck. If the light goes flashing, you quick check it out, find out what's wrong. If the front is shimming, you stop and check it out. If smoke is pouring out of the back, 
You give it your attention. All right? You don't just run around with all the red lights on and the things shimmying and smoke and fire pouring out of the hood and just go down the road. You pay attention to it because you want it to last as long as you possibly can. Now, we tend to live in a throwaway society today. It used to be when I grew up back in the 1800s that uh, people took care of things. You didn't just throw stuff away, nothing. If your toaster was having a problem, you took it to a handyman who fixed the toaster. You know, if, uh, if uh, your socks had a hole in it, you would, remember the word? Darn. darn, you would darn the socks. All the young people in here think darn is just something when you get mad. You know, that, no, it's actually, that's what you called. You'd fix the holes in the, in the sock. And if you had a problem with the shoe or getting, you'd go to a shoe guy. If you, if you had a problem with your watch, you went to a horologist, which sounds like someone who studies you know, in prostitutes, but that's not what I'm talking about. It's, uh, that's the name for a watch fixer upper. But nobody does that anymore. Man, your toaster starts acting up, you throw it away and get a new one, right? And the shoes get, your socks get holes in it. Go get new socks. When was the last time you worried about, man, I tend to throw away my watches when the battery wears out. <laughs> Which is pretty bad. You know, we don't fix anything. Do you remember diapers? Cloth diapers? You know, now today we have paper diapers, and I know this whole new young generation is very into the environment, but one of the most tree-sucking things we have out there are called paper diapers, but they don't want to give those up. <laughs> You remember the cloth diapers? Man, those things were nasty. Nasty. You stick them in a pail, and you, it would just build up. And pretty soon, this, this creature, this horrible, horrible smelling thing, and you'd have to rinse them out. And oh, I was just, you know, I for one thank God for the paper diapers. Take them, throw them away, and stuff like that. But when you get to things of value, still we do value things like trucks and stuff. You need. To pay attention, you need to take care of it. The analogy here is to encourage men to pay attention and take care of their relationships. But men tend to be very bad when it comes to maintenance on the relationships in their lives. In fact, this is how bad it is. If a woman comes to me and tells me that her marriage is in trouble, 80% of the time, we can fix it. I wish it was 100%, but 80% of the time, we can fix it. It was pretty good compared to most marriage therapists who 80% of the time the people end up in divorce. So we have very key principles that can help people succeed. But if a man comes to me and tells me his marriage is in trouble and all these years I don't think I've seen one saved. Isn't that stunning? Because by the time a guy comes it's way too late because he doesn't pay attention again it would be like driving the truck down the road flames are coming out underneath the hood and he's just not paying attention john gray wrote this book men are from mars women are from venus he has this great analogy he says when it comes to relationships women are like gardeners always pruning and you know fertilizing and pulling weeds and trying to take care of the garden 
of their relationship. When it comes to men, they're like firemen, which they don't really put too much unless there's a fire. And then they jump, which is fine. Men are men. But let's be smart firemen. A smart fireman, as soon as he smells smoke, does something about it. And he'll wait till a five-alarm flame <laughs> busts out all the windows and stuff like that. So pay attention. You know how to take care of your vehicles? Treat her like a truck. Chapter 2. Treat her like a sports car. Now the thing about sports cars, when they advertise about sports cars, they uh, always show the cool pictures of the cars zooming down the road. And they've got all the great you know, magazine ads and billboards, and they want you to come down and take a test drive. You got to take a test drive. You know why they push that so hard? Because they know something you don't know. Madison Avenue, responsible for all the advertising in the world, knows something you don't know, and that is this. Desire follows attention. Whatever they can get you to pay attention to, you will begin to desire it. One of the reasons that so many men have lost desire for their wives is for no other reason than they just stop paying attention. You want to turn things around? Pay attention to the girl. Watch the girl. Try it for the next week. Now, that doesn't mean stare at her all day long. <laughs> stop it. You're creeping me out, you know. But, uh, you know, intentionally, I promise you, you know, watch her. Watch her. She buzzes around the house and does whatever she does and how the hair falls on her shoulder and the light bounces off her cheeks. I guarantee you, your desire will begin to rev back up if you'll just start to pay attention. It's called the law of desire. We innately desire what we pay attention to. If you've lost your desire, oftentimes it's for no other reason than you stop paying attention. How about treating her like a sports car? And the reason those sports cars, the guys who have them, the reason they sparkle and shine is they are constantly working on the sports car. Always shining it and buffing it and everything glows and they just love it, but it happens intentionally. It doesn't happen by accident. It does it on purpose. Next chapter, treat her like a television. Now, if you're like most guys, when we watch TV, we watch TV. Now, watching television to me is not a social event. Shut up, okay? People sit down and talk to me while I'm watching TV. I want to smack them. You know, Stop! I'm watching TV. I'm paying attention here. It's important. And, and you know, I, I remember <laughs> my son-in-law, Ross, when he was first dating my daughter, you know, he'd come over and he'd want to spend time with me. And uh, <laughs> I try to watch TV or a movie. He's sitting there talking to me the whole time. Ross, shut up. <laughs> Multiple times. It's like he didn't quite get the message. Apparently, shut up is not clear enough. Shut up. He couldn't stop. And he finally stopped and he'd sit there next to me, nervous, and his foot would just shake. Stop. And we pay attention to the TV. TV's on, we gotta pay attention even if we don't know what they're talking about. Still pay attention. I loved my wife dearly, but there were lots of times when I could not possibly be less interested in, I'm reading from the book here. <laughs> could not be possibly less interested in what she's talking about and have absolutely nothing to contribute. The good news is that I don't really need to 
I simply need to let her know that I'm hearing and listening to what she says. It's kind of like watching some science show on TV. I mean, half the time I have absolutely no idea what they're talking about. Yet, I give the show my utmost attention. And let's be honest, if we knew we had to contribute to the show at some point, we probably wouldn't watch it at all. The good news is that the show doesn't really care if you understand everything they're talking about. They just want you to pay attention. The more people who pay attention, the more they can charge the advertisers, the more money they make. So too with your wife, when you simply acknowledge you heard what she said, it tells her that you're tuning in. Just like the advertisers, she doesn't necessarily care if you understand everything or even if you have a deep interest uh, in what's going online. Online, someone just wrote me, I can see you online. Focus, <laughs> Focus Mark, Focus. Okay. Well, they have a deep interest. She wins just because you tuned in. Look, if there's one thing most guys are really good at, it's watching TV. Take a page from your own playbook and tune her in. Let her know you are hearing what she has to say. Really focus on her. Remember, when she has your attention, she feels loved. When she feels loved, she feels confident and happy. When she feels confident and happy, maybe, just maybe, she'll feel like returning the favor. Give her your genuine, joyful attention and see what happens. All right? So treat her like a TV. Next chapter. Treat her like a teammate. <laughs> now here's the thing about teammates number one they have a game plan they don't just wander out onto the field not having any idea where they're going or what they're going to do they are very specific they talk about specific plays things they're going to do to win they work together to our common goals at all times and they never ever forget that they all want the same thing Treat her like a teammate. You see the point of all this? This whole book is, a lot of marriage advice today is convinced that for couples to succeed, they need to learn relationship skills. I'm of the opposite opinion. I don't think they need to learn jack. I think you all have all the skills you need right now to succeed with each other. You just need to take those skills and apply them to each other. See, if a man would simply do what he normally does anyway, you know, that's, that's really the key. If, if you've ever gone to like, Sea World or something or anywhere they've got trained animals and they're jumping out of the water and flipping around you know they tell you that stuff those animals do all the time anyway they just learn to do it on cue they're not really teaching them anything new they're tying into their natural behavior my goal is simply to get you to try tap into your natural behavior guys and don't worry on Father's Day I have my book treat him like a dog so we'll get <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that next, all right? So number one, they have a game plan. Number two, they practice. The reason winning teams are winning teams is because they logged a million hours on the practice field. They learn to act as one, something that takes time and effort. Boy, if you think this is going to happen automatically, you're crazy. And here's the problem with relationships. It's very deceiving. Marriages start out for one overwhelmingly re reason is to be with that person is so easy. It's so easy. We just love to spend time with them because it's so easy to spend. Everything about the relationship screams, this is easy, this is the one. This is the one, it's easy. And then you get married and it's not easy. 
and you feel like you got sucked into a black hole. No, it's just the way it is. You got to do it on purpose. They practice. Great teams practice. They practice a lot. They do it on purpose. All right? Number three, they respect each other's innate abilities. Not everyone's cut out to be the quarterback. Okay? Not a lot of times people get upset and, you know, some of you girls watch too many Christian television shows and they exaggerate things. God, I mean, God bless them. You know, like focus on the family. Great people. I know them personally. Just talking to the president the other day, but you know, use phrases like, the man is supposed to be the spiritual leader of the home. You've all heard that. Do you know the Bible doesn't say that? It's stunning how many things we repeat over and over again that's not in the Bible at all. Some of you are shocked right now just to hear that. It doesn't say that anywhere. What it says is the man's the head. He's responsible. Doesn't mean he's the most spiritual. Whoever's the most spiritual is the most spiritual. Doesn't mean he's the smartest about everything. Women complain to me, my, 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 I have to handle the finances. My husband should be handling the finances because he's, he's supposed to be the spiritual leader. Really, stop. If you can handle money and your husband can't, you know, add Maybe you should handle the money. Who cares? And this obsession today in our culture, that a couple should be dividing everything equally. Everything should be done equally and sharing. No. Now I granted, granted you got to all do, do your best to contribute, but usually whoever does what is based on whoever's just better at it. And you don't have to share. Can you imagine how awful football would be? If after Aaron Rodgers had a play, now it's the center's turn to be the quarterback. And he has a play, and all right, now the tight end, it's his, come on, it should be fair, right? And the receiver, he gets to be the quarterback the next play, because it's fair. Good grief, this idea of fairness is just stupid. Let them do what they do, let them do it well. Thank you for that overwhelming amen. <laughs> Number four, teammates, they work on themselves, because they know it'll make the team better. Everybody focuses on what they do and try to be a better person, better at their skills. Number five, they focus on the positive. Fixating on mistakes will only increase the odds of making more mistakes. This is very common for uh, musicians and stuff like that. If you've ever done things like piano lessons, here's what you do. You play. Oops, try it again. Oops, try it again. You do it like 50 times wrong. And then finally, you did it right. Woohoo! Yes, I finally did it right. And then they get out and perform and they fall apart. Why? You've got 49 ways of doing it wrong. You only did it right once. You've actually got to be able to do it right more than you did it wrong. Which takes a lot of practice. Same for dancers, same for any skill. Anything you do, any of you for a living, sports, work, whatever it is, the reality is you've done it more the right way than you have the wrong way. You can't just focus on the wrong. You gotta focus on what's right. Number six, teammates communicate with each other. And that's not even always just words. I mean, sometimes it's just gestures, you know, occasionally through words. I, you know, I love how uh, listening to, you know, Rogers or, or when, Brett was a quarterback. He says, you know, I, just, I look over and I see something. I just gave him a look. And they knew what to do. Seriously. 
That, that's called communicating. They learn how to communicate with each other. Pay attention to the communication. For example, when your wife's looking at you with eyes that I'm going to stab you, she might be trying to say something to you. Yeah. <laughs> really, man, I'd see that looking like, ooh, man. You know? <laughs> they communicate. Then number seven, of course, they smack each other on the butt. Always learn how to be a good teammate. All right. Next chapter, treat her like your old baseball glove. Do you know nobody likes a new baseball glove? Nobody wants a new baseball glove. Nobody wants a new baseball People hate new baseball gloves. First thing you do if you get a baseball glove, you start beating the snot out of it. Break it in. Get a dirty, oily, come on. You want the flexible, you want the familiar. Don't get caught up into this lie that Hollywood says that you really want to get exciting, you need a new woman. You need a new woman, I need a hole in the head. Better to have the familiar woman. And they push this lie, oh yeah, nothing quite as fancy as the one night stand. It's all such nonsense and such lies. Don't get caught up into that nonsense. You know, the University of Chicago did a study. They wanted to find out what kind of woman in America reported enjoying sex the most. They all thought it'd be the single girls out there playing the field. But in their study, they rated at the very, very bottom. And I've said this before, and I'll say it again. I know it's creepy on Mother's Day. Forgive me, but... <laughs> you young girls, listen to me. Escúchame, okay? I watch the movies you watch. They all show, oh, losing your virginity is such a wonderful... Oh, it's more like... You know, it's... it's it's not what you think it is. Don't sell out for some stupid lie. All right? Anyway, they were studying all these women. You know what they came up with the conclusion? The women in America who enjoy sex the most are religious women with three or more children. Hallelujah. They're the ones who can finally relax. <laughs> it's true. I've said this before. Three or more children Women tend to relax way more than those with one or two. It is what it is, especially ones with one. They're the ones stressed out the most all the time. <laughs> oh, so, is he breathing? Is he breathing? Woman, he's 32 years old, you know. <laughs> but is he breathing? Hey, you got three or four, one can fall down the steps on fire. Would you put your brother out? Go outside. <laughs> no, put him out first. Now go, you're bothering me. You don't need anything new. Next chapter, treat her like your job. <laughs> you know, when you go for a job, you sell yourself really hard. I'm the perfect man for the job. Even if you don't believe it, you're saying it. <laughs> Why? Because you want the job. But at some point, if you get the job, you got to perform. You got to follow up. Your wife is a lot like your job. You put your best foot forward when you were trying to get her. And if you don't keep trying, there's a good chance you'll lose her. So you guys get this in the beginning, but they don't get it afterwards. It's just, it's just a sad thing. 
A lot of guys make the mistake when they stand at the altar and say, I do it. They think it means I'm done. If there's one thing you need to know about women is that they never forget anything. Amen. Amen. This comes in extremely handy for saying, remembering birthdays, grocery shopping lists, finding your car keys, passports, reading glasses. But that same gift can smack you in the rear when it comes to the slowly dwindling effort level that you're putting into your relationship with her. See, she remembers like it was yesterday how you used to open the car door for her every single time, not just when someone was watching. She can conjure the feeling of your clean-shaven face, which I don't have today. It's supposed to be the new hip thing, being a little grungy. I kind of feel like a homeless person. So I'm trying to be hip. Which really is an exercise in futility. What are my chances of being hip? But I'm trying anyway. She recalls in vivid kaleidoscope detail the flowers you used to bring her, the eyes you used to make at her, the poems you used to write her. And if you've never written a poem, stop reading this book. Go write her a poem. It's not that hard. <laughs> Roses are red, violets are blue. I sure would like to get naked with you. You know, something like that. I mean, <laughs> just, you know, something. <laughs> Be creative. I'm sorry. I know there's children here. You're coming to the wrong church. I'm, so, I'm sorry. I'm really bad. I'm bad. I bet a pretty penny, like, just like you want to keep your job, you want to keep your wife. Just for fun, try seeing what happens when you start putting the same kind of professional level effort and attention into your marriage. Next chapter. Treat her like a great adventure. Ooh. Treat it like a great adventure. You know, very few people go on a big vacation, and when they get there, they go, what do you want to do? I don't know, what do you want to do? I don't know, what do you want to do? Two weeks later, they go home. They didn't do anything. <laughs> you do it on purpose. You prepare. You look at stuff. You research stuff. We can go here. We can do there. We can do zip lining. Da, 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 da. You plan it. You do it on purpose. And this is really the overlying, underlying theme, is you do life intentionally. You want a great marriage, you do it on purpose. As I've traveled the world, I never cease to be amazed by the number of locals who have never bothered to explore their own backyard. There are native Hawaiians who've never visited Pearl Harbor or gone to the top of one of the active volcanoes. There are people who live on the northern island of New Zealand who never bothered to visit the southern island, one of the most stunningly beautiful places on earth. It's where the Lord of the Rings movies were shot. There are countless Romans who've never set foot inside the Colosseum or seen firsthand the breathtaking artwork of the Vatican. How do you live in Greece and never go to the Acropolis? How can you live in China and never bother to go see the Great Wall? How can you live near the ocean? This is stunning to me. So many people I've met who live blocks from the ocean and have never been to the ocean. It's stunning, it really is amazing. They never visit the beach. It happens all the time. Do you know why? Because when it's right there in your backyard, it's pedestrian, it's local, it's commonplace, it's boring. What's the big deal? It was there yesterday, it'll be there tomorrow. Why do we neglect our wives? Ah, she's always there. Yeah, keep it up. She won't always be there. Next chapter, treat her like your doctor. <laughs> Get the book. All right, next chapter. That's <laughs> funny stuff in there. I'm not going to read it. I've already gone over the line. Uh, treat her like a waitress. One of my favorite parts of traveling in countries like Africa is I love to tip. I leave a nice tip, like 10 bucks after a meal. 
which to them is like a hundred rand. And, uh, and then I kind of stick around to watch the service staff's reactions. They light up like it's the best day they've ever had. First of all, they don't get tips very often. And secondly, 10 bucks in some of these countries is like the equivalent of a month's wages. And the best part is that when I come back, they light up at the sight of my entrance. They do. More than once, I've had wait staff literally argue and fight over who gets to serve me. <laughs> and of course, I love it because I'm a narcissist. Uh, <laughs> shut up. Ask her out of here. Get her out of here. I know. She used to work for me. She knows me. All right. So, uh, you know, so I don't get a lot of that in the U.S. when I leave 10 bucks. On the other hand, if I tipped a full month's wage each time, I bet I'd get the same effect. <laughs> same principle works especially well with your wife. And I don't mean tossing her 20 bucks at the end of your Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> that may not go over very well. What I mean is a little something extra, something unexpected, an unsolicited token of your affection and appreciation. Maybe some kind words, boasting about her in front of others. Instead of criticizing her in front of a boy, don't do that. <laughs> Quick trip to a black eye. <laughs> Give her a kiss, a hug, as you tell her how happy she makes you. One thing is true in life. Those who leave nice tips tend to get the best service. And then finally, bonus chapter, do not treat her like your brother. All right? Don't be so gross with the woman. I won't go into the stories I've heard, but oh my gosh, stop. I, I did get an email from a lady the other day. She says, Pastor, he's so gross. He'll go to the bathroom and pretty soon he'll holler, hey, come in here, look at the size of this thing. You know, I mean, seriously. She's not your brother. Don't try to gross her out. Treat her with respect. She is someone special, very special. Anyway, you can check the book out. Treat her like a truck. <laughs> the reality is, all of this is really, in a sense, how God treats us, right? He treats us in special ways, special attention, special blessings, special sacrifices. He never gives up on us. If we would take what we have been given from our Heavenly Father and learn to give it to each other, we'd be able to succeed with anybody. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your kindness and your grace to us, Lord. This morning, just words of encouragement and how the men here can love on and treat these moms in a very, very special way. I pray that they would have a blessed day today and that above all, they would feel very loved and appreciated. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. amen. God bless you.